hello and welcome back to the Pokemon, the ASAP Wiki Pokemon podcast. I've made that Pokemon, the Pokemon podcast joke before. <laughs> uh, but yes, it, we are the Pokemon. You know, as far as I'm concerned, we are the only Pokemon podcast, mostly because I have blinders on. Uh, I'm joined by Matt. How's it going, Matt? Going well. And yeah, you know, as long as we don't notice that any others exist, then to our knowledge, we are the only Pokemon podcast. Yes, and that's yes, that's why we're so brazen as to only release episodes once a, once a month. It doesn't have anything to do with busy lives. Yeah, <laughs> everything to do with the fact that it's like, well, if we're the only one, <laughs> we, we gotta drip out that content. You know, exactly, exactly. Um, I I'm actually quite excited for this episode because I I think I have probably the most diverse opinions on this one. I think I've already mentioned them before. Um, but yeah, I think this one's going to be a little less structured than the last one. I kind of want to just get into thing. The only thing, Matt, that I'll need you to have already prepared, uh, retroactively from us starting, the episode, <laughs> um, is, uh, the, the changes between, let's just say like the, the standard Pokemon version. Uh, and what I mean by that is not the mechanical changes, but like those, if there's any story changes, which we'll get into later. Sure. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my first thing. So we're, we're doing Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu. Let's go Eevee. Um, for me, I think the first thing that I noticed about this game is I still think to this day, this is the most visually appealing game of Pokemon made. Um, Matt, would you disagree with me on that? Uh, yes, tough one early. but okay. it depends on what you're, t- what you're speaking about. Cause like, um, if you're just saying like the modern graphics kind of look, then yes, um, it's a beautiful game. I still kind of prefer the uh, old, uh, the old like sprite style, especially for something like Kanto because Kanto is mm-hmm. very blocky. Um, I feel like some parts of Kanto just don't translate well with the more modern graphics. Yeah, what what you imagined as a giant mountain or cave, and probably is a giant mountain or cave, is probably like a hill. <laughs> yeah, and the more modern graphics. Um, I understand what you mean by that. Everything is built of squares. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I understand what you mean, and I I think I think maybe to me it's like it's the polish because this feels like the most. It feels the most maybe sparkly is is the way I would describe its graphics, right? Yeah, um, and I I think what that has a lot to do with. And it sounds so dumb, but I mean, I think there is a case to it is that I think going back to this game is a lot easier for me sometimes than going back to other games where it's always dark and brooding. You know what I mean? Not that you can't have dark and brooding, but I think if your base layer of of like colors is a lot brighter, um, it's just it's just a lot more enjoyable to look at. Uh, yeah, you know, I think this kind of I, I, I'm not going to be entirely negative here. I'm going to say, you know, um, I think this bridges the style gap between um, say uh sun and moon bringing it into a console game uh contrasted against something like uh brilliant diamond which went, i think went a bit more chibi uh than than was necessary brilliant diamond was clearly trying and we'll, we'll get i think that's actually our next episode if i'm not mistaken yeah um but brilliant diamond i think was very much trying to capture the essence of the older games i feel um yeah. to me oh to no me, definitely to me, this game feels very, how should I put it? Almost, because uh... there's no other Switch game that releases related to Pokemon before this, right? I think this was the first one, yeah. I think, pretty sure Sword and Shield came afterwards, which uh, kind of hurt Sword and Shield, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think if I compare this to Sword and Shield, while Sword and Shield's scope is bigger, right? It feels like a bigger world. Um, it it kind of, now that I think about it, Sword and Shield very much feels more like a predecessor to Arceus <laughs> in, in many ways. In like they're trying to experiment with like the wild, the wild. Tundra. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, but um, I, oh, you go. I, yeah, I do want to make clear that while I don't think that this is the best looking Pokemon game, it's still really good looking one. I will say that it's the best looking Pokemon. Yeah, but Just- <laughs> I, I I only don't give it the best looking Pokemon game because you know artistic preferences pretty much which are completely subjective exactly <laughs> uh yes there you go still gorgeous uh, i i will say maybe maybe that's why i have a letdown with some of sword and shield because you go to sword and shield and it yeah it, it's 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 definitely so tough because I, I okay so quick side note here but like i just beat breath of the wild in the last two weeks i actually played through it oh nice um and even that game feels, and this is this thing, right? You, you talk about like limitations graphically, right? But even that game feels a lot more polished than Sword and Shield ever was. Yeah, um, like there's some like shaky things, like the frame rate dips when you kill a Moblin because their physics is a bit too complicated for the Switch to handle. Um, yeah. But that's like everything else, they like work within their uh, limitations. Means, the art yeah. style uh, allows them to very seamlessly like handle. Uh, texture popping because like everything's pretty low res in uh, I think I think I think that's actually you know going specifically this game I think that is a thing that happens sometimes there's some tearing uh, I noticed uh, especially early in the game I think when they they try to do a little too many like half cutscene not really cutscene cutscenes you know um, yeah there's some weird weirdness there but I think once you get to the actual person movement it, it actually stabilizes out um, I, I think that there's mm-hmm. some decisions that were made with with uh, getting back to Pokemon with this game. Speaking yeah. of working within your limitations, that allowed it to look so much better than a lot of its uh, Pokemon on Switch contemporaries. And that um, because it kind of dials the camera into a pseudo isometric view, mm-hmm. that really limits how much the player can see. Which and allows, allows for faster processing, right? I imagine. Yeah, like the less the player has to see, the less the game has to render. The more fidelity you can render into that space, mm-hmm. which is really great. I mean, for those playing it, um, I think one more thing I want to add before we kind of get into, I think probably the uh, the biggest topic related to this. I think anyone who's played this game knows what we're going to talk about in a second, and which we have talked about before. Um, the one thing I did want to mention is this is. Like, I know we've, like, you know, our show very much focuses on, like, replaying the past games. But I think objectively, for most um, new Pokemon fans, like, if you have a kid now, right, and you want to get them into Pokemon, this is the game you're going to get them. Um, yeah, because they're going to be playing Pokemon Go and then... Well, I don't even think I don't even think Pokemon Go. Let's just say Pokemon Go doesn't exist, right? Yeah. Like, I just think the reality is that for the next generation of Pokemon fans, this is the first game they're going to play, and it does give them the Kanto experience at least, right? Like, yeah. I mean, on top of it, I'm sure you're probably that's the thing because you'll probably still show the TV show, right? Um, but perhaps this is like when it comes to the games, this is the first experience because it has a lot of things that make it really easy for new players. Um, and I think, I think like it might be a case where you might even show this game and then be like, Hey, let me take out the DS and you can try this. Right. Um, which is, which is a, a throwback, which might not work, but I kind of, I think the idea is because a lot of kids will now be spoiled with newer graphics and other games, right. And things they watch and stuff. So, um, 
it might be the thing that you're just like, okay, well, this is kind of the starting point for a lot of people when it comes to this game. And, you know, so be it, you know, as much as I like, you know, to get a uh, you know 10 year old now to, to go into 1995 and play the original red and blue, or even what we've been talking about with these remakes, even like the fire red leaf green version. Right. Um, I think, I think it's probably going to be a lot easier for a parent to be like, even a parent who's like a diehard Pokemon fan to be like, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll play through this. You know, this is like a nice intro to the world. And I think the yep. IP, right? Which is which is the case. Okay. Uh, before uh, we get into yeah. the section, I know you're going to <laughs> I'm about to go into it. <laughs> um, I will continue to lavish some praise on some of the presentational aspects of this game. Mm. Um, I really like that you have like followable Pokemon. And, um, you know, there's some Pokemon you can ride on. Um actually showing that in the game and having all these pokemon everywhere you know you run into the pokemon in the field i Um, this was the first game where meeting um like to me that it felt meeting a like a wild randomly standing pokemon actually felt significant does that make sense uh i think in a lot of the pokemon games like even x and y right You'll meet kind of the Pokemon like that are like beside a trainer, just like randomly standing around and kind of like met. But like, I feel like maybe, maybe just I enjoy the graphical style so much. I'm like, oh, it's literally like this, you know, like I have a full appreciation for the Pokemon that I see in front of me, you know? And I, I guess this is some of the, um, the wonder that was the, the, the detective Pikachu movie also had, right? Where yeah. it's, it's like, you feel like it's a Pokemon a better... world. Yes, yes. And and you actually you actually appreciate the art of the Pokemon that you're just standing randomly instead of like, you know, a, a spray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Which is, you know, which isn't fair because I, I still really liked it, you know, in, in Heart Gold when you can have your Pokemon follow you for around for the first time. Uh, but but there's something different. About not, just... not the first time. Pokemon Yellow was the first time. And then it okay, disappeared. F- fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Um, Maybe more than anything, it's it's the fact that those Pokemon are not just like something I would ignore. It's actually now part of the landscape, right? As you're playing through it, which is really cool. I think that's my point that I was trying to get across. Yeah. Um, it really, like, as I said, you know, it really feels like a Pokemon world. Um, it feels much more connected in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of it in, in yeah. some ways um all right let's get away from the beauty of it and (laughs) (laughs) well i i I do i I do have more things i have to say about when i play this game particularly but uh yeah let's get into its biggest controversy but for me something that i actually really enjoyed because when i got this game i heard i heard a lot of mixed slash negative reviews of it um and i think a lot of it was due to pokemon go exhaustion i think beyond it though um you can't really expect going into this game that it's like a base. What's the word? It's not your standard Pokemon game. You know what I mean? Like, like and I think it, I think that's part of the reason behind a lot of the backlash. Because as we're you know we'll get into why there was backlash in a second, but um, we had we we were just discussing all these beautiful, wonderful touches that they have, and then they changed. Um, then they use the Pokemon Go catching system, which is the main controversy. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to get, yeah yeah. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop mentioning that we're gonna get into it. We will get into it eventually. Uh, but I was gonna say that I, this game, in some ways, is as different from a standard Pokemon game as Pokemon Arceus is. In some ways, 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I would uh, agree. Even though its scope is a lot smaller, right? It still follows a very uh, textbook kind of walkthrough, right? If you played Pokemon Yellow, this will feel very familiar to you. Um, but there is significant changes to a lot of the game, shall we say. And the big reason is for Pokemon Go. Now, my first question before we get into Pokemon Go, right? In Pokemon Go, you like swipe and you have to like click it at the right time or whatever. You're um, you're basically kind of like swiping, throwing the Pokeballs at them. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like this. It's a, it's essentially a timing mini game, right? Instead of like catching Pokemon, usually how you would like hit them. Until it, it's they... like half timing, <laughs> half precision. Oh right, yeah, because you also have to aim aim towards it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, it it, be- it becomes less like oh, I'm gonna like bring them down and then you know paralyze and then <laughs> throw a Pokeball. It's like oh no, you can just catch Pokemon like this, and you can catch a relatively high level Pokemon or difficult Pokemon if you get a good enough throw. Um, it becomes it's like this own mini game. Um, and this is where a lot of the controversy comes from. My first question to you is: Do you think they would have done this if Pokemon Go was not a successful game? No. Well, sorry. Do you mean do do you, I think they would have done this catching system in the game, or do you think they would have made these? Oh, games? I think they would have made the remake. I think we're both in agreement. They would have made the remake, remake, yeah. But they would not have this catching system. I think I agree no. with you. I think the only reason that they made this catching system is they had this idea that oh, Pokemon Go is so you know so successful maybe we should do this i think yeah I think we'll create the, an on-ramp basically is the, the drawback is the reality is everyone who's playing pokemon go was already experienced with the pokemon games right i don't i actually don't think pokemon go was targeted towards a younger audience i think millennials were the target so um what you did i think because I, I think the younger audience like this is a game that's gonna go with, go well with the younger audience no matter what right like just objectively yeah. i think i think you can throw a lot of people it's bright it. it's appealing it's got the same qualities of the and the parents pokemon will buy it for their kids as like oh it's a pokemon game they're not going to care as much right um but i think them trying to cash onto the pokemon go and be like oh can we make all these you know millions of people like millions and millions of people right because that was it was a really big phase right can we make this um something that uh they then turn a profit off of buying this you know 80 dollar or you know 60 us dollar uh game right um and and i think the answer is kind of no i here i'm actually curious about um uh i wonder what their sales were for this game uh let me see uh as of december 2021 combined sales of 14 million so that's really good so pokemon sword and shields is a 24 million right uh, Brilliant Diamond sits at 14 million. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go sits at 14 million. So that really puts it into perspective. It, well, it's interesting because I think what this is saying is that the brand stands on itself. Um, well, I mean, of that, course it does. Because, like, this well, is what we I know was, that. What like, I was going to get into was I think, honestly, the idea of creating a Pokemon game to that, like, uh, takes elements from Pokemon Go in order to onboard people into Pokemon is not really needed. It's not. It's neither needed nor it was effective. I feel in either there's, way. There's no I think large. Effect. There, there's no large audience that would be receptive to Pokemon that doesn't already know what Pokemon is or has not already been captured by Pokemon. So, and sorry, I, can I just say like this? So, what I'm looking at with Sword and Shield and and with uh, Brilliant Diamond and Let's Go Pikachu is that this like 14 million, shall we say, feels like this is your audience for remakes. Um, yeah, which, that's a really healthy audience. <laughs> I mean, like, 
Um, <laughs> I was just reading today uh, Ghost of Tsushima, a highly produced Sony exclusive, now on PC as well. Um, I think. Or at least it's coming to PC. Anyway, uh, this highly polished AAA experience that, like, Sony had an entire E3 conference where they had a guy play a highly traditional Japanese instrument in order to, like, create the mood for the trailer for. Yeah. Sold 9 million. <laughs> and that's considered to be, like, a huge success. And, and yeah, it is. 9 million is a huge success, right? <laughs> like, I, sorry, I'm looking. Breath of the Wild's been like has 26 and a half and Pokemon Sword Shield is 24 and a half, which, yeah. which means, right. Which means, and then like, you know, and I think Sword and Shield is probably the most universally panned game. I think objectively, I think it's most, easily the most decisive. I think it's the more deci- yeah, divisive. Yeah. Device, divisive, decisive. No, I decisive. No, divisive is the word. Divisive. <laughs> um, but I think objectively, Clearly, people were like, oh, this is the first actual Pokemon game on Switch, right? Like, that's how it's looked at. And I think the numbers relate to it because to them, it was a new game. And so a lot of people. It was the first, like, core title on a uh, what people kind of perceived as a home console versus a handheld console. The Switch is really a handheld console that can double as a home console, Mm -hmm. if we're being honest. Um I think, I so, think the fact that it doubles is brilliant. But yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Dis- I'm not like doubting the switch. The switch is, speaks for itself in success. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there was a lot of hype going into Sword and Shield, um, which is why I think there was a lot of backlash to that. Um, so the fact that this game was so controversial as a remake, and so was Brilliant Diamond and uh shining pearl um and they both still managed to capture 14 million sales is astounding and so yeah and i think i think i think i just to me this just paints a different picture where it feels like we all know that objectively the games that are new right that there's something like new are gonna do better like i just think in the pokemon universe um the remakes can only do so well um Going back to what we're talking about this episode, uh, <laughs> let's go Pikachu. Um, I think the fact that, yeah, I think they, they were trying to ride the fad and it looks like objectively it it didn't increase or decrease uh, the players. Now, I am someone who's a great, like a huge proponent of this. Now, the, the mini game to catch the Pokemon and then your Pokemon leveling up by catching a bunch of Pokemon. You have... A ridiculous amount of Pokemon in your inventory by the end of this, uh, because there's a whole bunch of mini games inside that, um, where like when you have a bunch of like one type or like one size or whatever, which once again is actually kind of a predecessor to Arceus. And yeah, I was I was gonna say like mm. um, I think my biggest problem with the system now is the fact that Arceus is like the solution. And and like I still have no problem with the system, mostly because I wasn't burnt out on like uh, let's go. I let's wasn't Pokemon. so much burnt out on Pokemon. Go, well, okay, Let, let's talk. Let's talk about this specific because I think this is the big one, right? Yeah. To me, I had no problem getting away from the annoyance. I'm going to give both the arguments, right? To me, I had a no prog- problem with getting away of the annoyance of, of having to like bring a Pokemon down to like uh, low health and then throwing a Pokeball. 
I kind of like, oh, there's a really cool Pokemon. I can actually catch it quite quickly. Um, there's less, you know, I understand there's less skill involved, but I, I was kind of happy that all these random encounters are actually like every random encounter was like, okay, no, catch the Pokemon because it gives you like experience and you need like a million of these anyway. Um, so it kind of felt like running into Pokemon in the wild grass wasn't as uh, annoying. Um, but I think the counter argument, and I think I think this is, or no, one of the counter arguments, and you can probably give a couple of other ones, um, was the fact that like one of the best feelings or one of the toughest things in a Pokemon game is catching the like, you know, 3%. <laughs> catch rate pokemon yeah. right? where you bring them down and you have to throw a million pokeballs and that's its own mini game uh where the difficulty is what creates the fun um part of the reason why i wasn't a huge fan of this change was it actually has a lot more to do with um how i view remakes mm-hmm. so when when a remake comes out i'm kind of evaluating it against the original mm-hmm. so um when you see this like lavishly like beautiful like well presented pokemon game like this revitalization of uh kanto i want to you know i played pokemon yellow as a kid i want to like re-experience that but like brought up to uh the modern day and or to and to like fundamentally change the capture system and the way like capturing Pokemon kind of interacts with that. Just it just didn't like fit with my mental perception mm-hmm. of like this is Kanto. It it's see, it's kind of like the uncanny valley of video game mechanics. <laughs> That's like funny. I see this beautiful like recreation of my childhood, but like there's something different. You know, you know what's interesting, and like this is maybe just a weird kind of dilemma. It depends on my mood more than anything, which is not a good justification for whether I like to play a game or not, right? Um, but or I guess it is because we all we all like get into moods where we want to play a game and we don't want to play a game. Um, I think what's interesting is if I base this on if I'm if I am essentially doing a remake and I'm playing the game that I've played a million times, because I'm going to be honest, red and blue slash yellow, right? I've probably beaten every version of the game at least like seven times now. You know what I mean? Like in one way or another. Um, And I think, I think if I'm looking at a lens of like, okay, there's someone I'd like to show, you know, Oh, this is like one of the, this is like the remake of one of the best original games. Um, this is super great. I want you to kind of feel the, the the essence that I felt when I was a kid. This is not the game that w- represents the original Pokemon game or the original Pokemon game adapted to fit the anime. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, it, it does not do that accurately when it comes to the game, right? Yep. Um, and, and, I... and yeah, and to you, that's a really, really big deal because you feel like it, it it's a worse remake because of it. And, well, no, no, I... It's a worse remake for me. For you. Because the next point I'm going to make is this is not the game for me. (laughs) But that's fine. True. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be like, oh well not everything needs to be made for me. It's just that like per my like philosophy of remakes, this doesn't do it for me. But on an objective level there's a lot of really good stuff in this game. I would agree. And and 
I think the reason that this caught my niche when I played it a bunch uh, upon getting it, um, and I, I had more, maybe even more want to play it than um, than Sword and Shield or Brilliant Diamond, uh, because I, I think, I, I like at this point, I have all three of the games, right? Um, I think the reason this scratched the itch, it was because it was different enough. Even though I was playing through the same story, I... I hadn't had that experience, and to me, to me, it does help me with replaying this game, right? It's ah, it, but see, you're not playing through the same story. Well, oh, well, which we'll get into, uh, <laughs> but but you you know what I mean, right? Like, or at least the same the same initial path. <laughs> Maybe that's the point, right? Is is like, um, yeah, you my experience of this game felt feels fundamentally different from the other versions. Um, but yeah, to, to your point though, right? I think I think there is some idea with HD remakes for the next generation is that it should be able to, in some respect, get rid of the initial game, right? Yeah, like uh, to stick to the Kanto theme, uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green basically erased the need to play Red and Blue. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> the only problem with that is Red and Blue is the first game, so objectively, it will always have a leg up on every other game. It, yeah, like <laughs> I, I know you can't like delete them from existence, but like as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing Red and Blue does that is better than what is represented in Fire Red and Leaf Green. They're very faithful remakes. They also just bring the uh, classics up to the modern standard well the modern and, and at the it, time standards and can i just say like so like i'm we're, we have the age of empires podcast as well right um the age of empires one two and three all three of those remakes feel like you never have to play the old version of the game again um because the balance of the game is similar however they have incorporated modern rts elements right um in in that game like just just quality of life stuff that changes stuff but it it definitely feels like going back makes you feel like you go back 20 years and there's no one who who's playing the definitive editions of those games that they're like oh let me go back to it you know what i mean so that means i feel like that's a very successful remake because it's 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 updated the look and the, the technology and some quality of life things that just just make it a little easier for the players like annoying things right yeah. but didn't change it enough that someone's like oh no i want to play the original version yeah um, the difficulty so- i have with let's go pikachu and eevee is i don't quite know who i would recommend this for your, your because, kid doesn't 100 that's my <laughs> well i i know that's your suggestion but my not so much issue but my hesitancy on that mm-hmm is the fact that if I introduce this to somebody as their first Pokemon game... You're right. Mm -hmm. There's going to be this Mm -hmm. fundamental part of the whole experience, which is how catching Pokemon works and how it feeds into the rest of the game, that if they're like, oh man, I love that game, I'm going to get the next one, they're not going to find that. And if they really like that system... Mm -hmm there it's gone (laughs) you're right uh that's a great point i don't have much to say against it so so what you're telling me is brilliant diamond shining pearl is now the new go-to for the new generation i mean like i just like i like generation four so you know no no but but regardless of what game it was it is the most (laughs) it is the most um 
if there is a Plato, you know, yeah, world of forms of what a if you what have a, a Pokemon generation game. system and you're buying a Pokemon game for someone, it's probably those two that I would recommend. Now, for, for, the, my, for the sake of them understanding what a Pokemon game should look like, <laughs> now my like calculation here might change if Arceus continues. If if the if the new games are going to be so different, I mean, because like like I I mean I am going to well go as you pointed out, there's a lot of similarities <laughs> between the way like catching like the fact that you progress by catching all these Pokemon has a lot of parallels in Arceus. If Arceus continues and they like work towards that, well, then that changes everything. And and I just want to make a like analogy here to Breath uh, Legend of Zelda because I think it's actually relevant in this case. Fundamentally, this open world concept in Breath of the Wild completely changed how like how Zelda games are kind of viewed a little bit. And to me, it's <laughs> to me it's my favorite game, but. I've been playing some of the other ones and I can definitively say that they don't intrigue me as much. Right. I, I'm, I like I'm going the to, new concept here. here. Here's my little like off topic bit of hot Do sauce it. to add to this podcast. Do it. Um, I love Breath of the Wild. I adore it. It is a <laughs> terrible Zelda game. It's a, it's a great something else. That's it's a Zelda game. wonderful game that they they built this amazing like it's changing how it's changed how a lot of people view like open worlds but i'd even argue like from a lore or appreciation of the lore perspective i felt more connected to the world of hyrule like going through it and walking through it that i think i have in any other game and that maybe just because the map at the end of the game is so accessible and you keep you keep having to look at to where you have to go <laughs> yeah that's fair i'm i'm just kind of comparing it to like if we mm-hmm. take all the other games is like this is what Zelda is, and Zelda has a very distinct I- core mm-hmm. identity you can identify between these games. That's not what Breath of the Wild is. And so this is that question. This game, because of its the fact that there was a fad, right? Let's let's not get this wrong. The only reason that this game has this catching system, right? Or uh, the Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, is because of the fact there was a fad, right? But yeah. I think by its nature, it fundamentally changed some of the concepts for the developers and maybe even some Pokemon fans, right, of what a Pokemon game is. So It, it definitely uh, set the seeds for Arceus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Arceus differs from like something like Breath of the Wild because Arceus completely changes the formula like Breath of the Wild did. But I feel it's still very identifiable as a Pokemon game because... Uh, the thing it focuses on catching Pokemon has always been like this core <laughs> it does identity. The thing that's been a core identity probably better in some ways than every other Pokemon game. <laughs> exactly. It well, it sorry, it takes what a Pokemon game's version of catching Pokemon is to what our imagination of what po- catching Pokemon is. That's kind yeah. of what the bridge it makes. And and to keep on our topic for our little thesis statement mm. here, uh, for as different. And I almost want to say alien compared to the previous Pokemon games, the catching system in uh, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee is the fact that it places such a focus on catching Pokemon, I think is the origin of these ideas, which I think are truer to the Pokemon identity. Um, So I think that's, 
it it is definitely a uh, a thing to tip the hat to um, that they succeeded in that. You know, that yeah. I had to catch my fifty whatever and, species. You know, so it, it plays into what I was saying. Like, you know, <laughs> this is an objectively this is a game full of objectively good things. It's just not for me. There you go. Um, okay, I'm going to move on with some antidotes uh, from what I remember playing this game. Uh, I love not antidotes. A- an- yes, <laughs> antidotes, uh, curing your poison. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> an- yeah. I'm not that toxic. And Nick dotes. Is that the right one? Yes. Okay. Um, the <laughs> that talk, that's pretty that's good that hit me that hit me like 10 <laughs> seconds like that's good that's, that's quick um okay uh what i'd like to say is like there's one point where evie can get like uh, a special move of every i think like um because I, I had the let's go Eevee version where you can get a special move of every uh element i think you have like electricity water fire grass or something yeah um and so i absolutely love this because it definitely brought me back to having just one Pokemon that could defeat everything else. Um, I, I really I, like this because it's a Pokemon game where you can use Pikachu, and you're not actually just hamstringing yourself. Yeah, you're not you're not handicapping yourself. I will say, putting Eevee as the counterpart and then making an Eevee that you never want to evolve as a result, yes, kind of just fundamentally misses the point of Eevee. Well. That's the thing, though. People don't want to evolve Pikachu. I think that's why they chose Eevee. Because they're like, we're going to give you every type of uh, element. Don't evolve them. And now you're true to Pokemon. <laughs> where yeah, but no, but Pokemon that nobody wants evolve. to evolve Pikachu. But everyone wants to evolve Eevee. People want to evolve Eevee into things that don't exist yet. Like, everyone wants... Like, so many people want Dragon-type Maybe, Eevee. Okay, I'm definitely the weird one. Because I'm someone who's Raichu all the way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like the look of Raichu. Um... Okay, but yeah, that was a big thing that I liked. Uh, that the, you, you, there is a point in the game where you're just like running around catching a million Pokemon, and then when you have to fight, it's just Eevee like dumpstering up people, uh, which is quite amusing. Um, I think uh, we it's now time, and you'll have to help me out this because I haven't played all the way through this game. Uh, I think I got past the third batch. I think that's as far as I, I went. Um, and I think I think really the reason I'd stop playing is because they're. I think this was right around the time uh sword and shield i believe dropped where i stopped playing this because i didn't buy this when it was originally uh released i bought it a lot later so um i think i then got into sword and shield and did trudge or now i'm definitely making up words um did difficultly walk (laughs) that's the word i was trying to think of i don't know what word it is um through uh sword and shield and all of it and and definitely got into those games so that's kind of where where i left this game off but um yeah i I made to the third batch uh tell me what are the fundamental plot and story differences of this game so the main one is instead of red and blue you have uh chase or lane and your rival is a guy named Trace. And he's specifically described as a friendly rival. Which is... There's no bullies in the new Blue Pokemon was. universe. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to hit you with the hearth realities of jerks like uh, Gray. Or sorry. what is that his name? Or Blue? Uh, sorry, whose name? Gary, that's what oh I Gary, thinking. yes, I Gary, Gray. <laughs> Gray. Yeah. Pokemon Gray, the ultimate <laughs> that guy. Um, no jerks like him can't ha- can't have that, or maybe we will. I'm sure there is jerks in the game. 
Yeah, I mean, they're mostly in Team Rocket because, like, it's a bit... You know, they expand things in the original game because, like, it was a Game Boy game, you know? They weren't, like, putting the annals of history into this thing. So there's a lot more text and they can, like, put a lot of things more in text that were subtext before. Like, Mm -hmm. Team Rocket just kills a Marowak. Mm -hmm. Like... (laughs) <laughs> capital yeah. K yes. kills a Pokemon. Hey, listen, maybe it's important <laughs> that these games introduce the concept, like difficult concepts like death um, in, in like a, a veiled in this, you know, friendly looking sparkly game. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, there, there's I don't know where this, we're going with this one. There's this whole thing where like you can kind of like hear some people talking about how a Marowak died mm-hmm. and um, you need to go and like get the self scope so you can see ghosts and you fight the ghosts of the Marowak and you can progress up uh, uh, Lavender Town's uh, tower. Um, but uh, in this game, you like actually go find its kid, you bring its kid back and like reunite with its child. The, Aww, the that's, ghost that's nice. like, just that's goes cute. away. You don't have to like, battle it. Uh, which admittedly was always a kind of a weird thing in the original ones where just like, ah, the angry ghost of a Marowak who was murdered. Let's fight it. Uh, and um, I feel, I feel, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I feel like maybe, let's see if the, the timeline uh, adds up. Oh no, never mind. Oh no, okay. the timeline's I, I, I was... real weird. Well, okay, so my my theory as to why perhaps this is more like it was more commonly accepted is is the um the Shinto religion itself, right, in Japan. Yeah. I, I feel like there's so many cultural like, differences. Stories, yeah. A cultural difference where this idea of there being a kami inside uh, of the Pokemon was kind of there, which is which is quite interesting in its own right, right? Yeah. But it, I, you know, if anyone's ever watched Bleach or or any any shows like that, these are definitely things culturally that are taken and then extended to their media. Um, but I think this is probably objectively just this is a more kids game than this kids game already is. You know? I yeah. Think, I think there's there's I, definitely that. When I say the timeline is really weird, I mm-hmm. say it because um, red and blue are in this game like they happen during this game no no they they've already like they're like established so we're we're like years after red and blue so like either history's repeating somehow or like they're just here because like red appears um on the indigo plateau after you beat six master trainers uh blue appears very early on in pewter city and he's later he takes pl- part in the Silphco raid, and then he I'm takes. Honest, over- I have to play through this whole game. You're actually going to be excited to play through. He the takes rest over Viridian Gym after you beat the champion. Like, I'm not really sure. I, I think I think the how idea they're here. No, but- no. I mean, the idea of every Pokemon game is its own universe, right? So, yeah. Given that multiverse theory, it's well, just that red and, and blue. As I'm are- criticizing it, I do know why they're here. Because this is a game intended for like the next generation of Pokemon fans, um, that's why we have these new protagonists and rival. You know, these are the this is the next generation, and then like Red and Blue still exists. They represent you know us, the older Pokemon fans who are already um, established and they're they're leading yeah. to the new generation. And yeah, and they're like stuff for us to find in the game and be like, oh my god, that's 
Gary. He didn't tell me to smell my socks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's another thing, right? Like, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eve is never, I think, really done into an anime, right? And that's the, that's the, the side the side show with this whole thing. Yeah. Um, um, I think it had a, like a start comic or something, but it was not in the game. It, like, it, it, sorry, it didn't have an anime associated. So, with it. is there any is there any like other big differences? Because uh, we know so essentially different characters, right? Um, a lot of expansion. A lot of characters actually get names. Like, um, we we actually meet Green, mm-hmm. um, who hasn't really existed before (laughs) um like green was always like a concept because we're like well here's red here's blue in original japanese the game was called green so we're we're green green. and green's like green is the one who like leads you to go uh find mewtwo oh nice that's pretty cool green became the researcher i guess of the yeah, I guess. <laughs> um is there is there okay so the one thing that i am curious about is so there there is some differences there is the kind of way you go about being team rocket significantly different no it's pretty much the same so uh, there's, as the i same. said there's a bit more like um is it harder context? to find the, the uh the lemonade or the water <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, that's exactly the same. Like, there's a lot more. It's exactly context. as confusing as it was in the original. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain. It's, like, it, nothing great. on this says it's in this wiki document says. It's I, my nostalgia, my nostalgia appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything is still pretty. Like, you know, you go to the game corner and they're they're hideouts. Right, there's no, there, but there's like, no. The, the game reason why strange. you're going to the hideout is because, um that's where they have taken cubone and you're trying to save cubone yes okay. because they murdered um marowak marowak exactly marowak um i was gonna say they, and i believe this game does not have gambling uh no they took it out so that was another thing so there's definitely that feeling of like this Such is a definitely shame conscious yeah how, how the other yakuza <laughs> it's like, that's essentially <laughs> what they are like to the t right with the gambling illegal yeah no it's literally what they are is um but we don't really see team rocket that way because of jesse and james uh so who are uh, actually in this game that's good it's good uh any any other big differences or is that pretty much it is that's that pretty much it you know um some gameplay changes we kind of went over um it's a bike maniac instead of a bike shop nice um okay so what i what i'll say is i think in general for me i i have more positive reviews than most people about this game just because it has that different flavor it is a different flavor it is a standard pokemon game that's been switched around and looks very pretty uh so it's switched around enough sorry to to so that i enjoy it um and it looks very pretty and you kind of you kind of get the uh what is it shown in uh main protagonist that completely wrecks people if you catch a million pokemon and just have ev have all the types of moves uh so i i kind of enjoy that um just trampling through these through this game um i think one thing we haven't talked about matt is there is a um co-op feature uh, uh in yes this i game. completely forgot about the co-op the only reason i bring this up is because i know we had a uh, game together on 
uh, and they do a lot of cover games. So we, I, I have actually talked about this on one of their shows before. Um, but what I find, so what I heard it was, was kind of the, the, the bad thing about the co-op feature in this. Like, it's very good, I think, especially if you want to play it with your, you know, parent with a kid, right? Or whatever. Uh, I think it's good in that sense. I think apparently, um, if you overuse the feature, uh, you can kind of get stuck later in the game. Because if you're using that feature to beat every boss, I think you underlevel your Pokemon. Mm. Um, there's like a weird thing that happens. Um, or. Or maybe, and maybe in the situation that happened, like specifically with with Philip, is that he, I think he got his. I believe he was like, every time his daughter needed help, he'd go and help her, right? Um, but because of that, she like didn't try to level, like like he helped her in like he went full, you know, like this is a competitive match in Pokemon to like beat some of these like two v two battles later in the game, and and she just wasn't probably uh what's the word um training or like catching enough pokemon to to get the xp up i think that's probably what happened um but uh i think there is something to that right where if you're if you're i think it does i think it objectively made some of the battles easier because you get a clone of the pokemon you have or something like that right um so i i think it's just curious that that uh they have it where where i believe like essentially you don't do anything until the battles happen and then it's two player is that is that how it works? I don't know, Matt. Can you um, there's not a lot of details about it on the wiki. Okay, uh, it just says uh, two-player simultaneous play feature, sharing one of the Joy-Con controllers. They can both adventure at the same time, and one of them may lend a hand by joining in battles against NPC trainers. Okay, so oh, so you can you can kind of walk around at the same time. That's that's really yeah. cool, actually. Uh, but yeah, I think. No. Okay, so this is the difference, right? Um, hold on, hold on. A few things to know about co-op and let's go. The second player will always have the opposite gender of your character. Cannot interact with Pokemon or NPCs. Okay, so the second player just runs around. So this is, you know, your annoying cousin. They can just have them run around and not do anything. Um, the second player can have a Pokemon fall behind. Uh, the second player is also a Pokemon. The second player uses the battle. Play in two-player mode. You and your friend will fight NPCs two-on-one. Okay, so that's why I think it's the advantage. Oh yeah, yeah, that battle. makes sense. Like that's uh, that's blatantly unfair. That's being overpowered. Uh, but then, yeah, when you catch a Pokemon, both players throw a Pokemon at the same time. You get a catch bonus and a special annotation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they I think this, this is this is a thing for somebody who's playing with like, um, you know, a younger child or something. Oh, 100 percent. It's not made for you and your friend to play. This is definitely made for one person who knows what's going on. And one person who doesn't. Um, this yeah. is the big one. No save data from the second player is transferable to a new game. So yeah. the, you're essentially dropping in co-op, and then you have to disappear. But all your stats disappear. Uh, you you essentially, I think you essentially use the Pokemon that the single player has. So yeah, this is this is definitely intended for like um, either two of, two mm-hmm. young children who both don't know what they're doing. Oh or, yes, or uh, one young person who doesn't know what they're doing and one older person who does know what they're doing because <laughs> go play with your brother <laughs> then the older brother has the control that actually works <laughs> yeah well because like um if both people know what they're doing then the two-on-one battle feature basically like even more trivializes the game um amazing you're playing a double battle where nobody else got the mail 
I I think it's a nice little feature for that specific case, but it's oh, yeah, no. not for most people. I'm honestly uh, surprised it hasn't like resurfaced, to be honest. This feels like a very simple thing to make it more accessible, but you know, the games have to be difficult now, you know. I mean they're not Arceus, they're not Arceus even is a tough game. Now. Well Arceus <laughs> is, but <laughs> Arceus is tough because the, the, the fighting system is just whack. <laughs> they're like everything just dies now <laughs> quickly. <laughs> um but anyway uh i think it's good okay i i've enjoyed this review uh do you have any kind of final thoughts on where you put this game maybe compared to the rest of the remakes um knowing oh uh, it's hard for me mm-hmm. um subjectively uh you're i put probably, it pretty low and that's what i think i i'm guessing you're probably gonna put this pretty low i objectively i kind of put this in like the mid-tier interesting because like there are some heavy hitters with these remakes, right? We covered Omega Ruby. Yeah. Heart Gold. You know, like... Fire wow. Red, Green. Fire... But, like, I... Because, I, okay, so... I, I'm going to give a little, maybe a little bit of... Tid, a little bit of uh, foreshadowing here. Maybe not foreshadowing, but, like, expectation gathering to make it more interesting when we do the list episode. Um, the... For most people or like most online lists that I've seen and people make these things, right? Heart gold ranks at the top. Like for, for a lot of people, or at least online for what I've been looking around, people yeah. tend to put this as the number one Pokemon game. So I fully understand. And, and we'll, we'll get into it. Cause I think our subjective ones will be quite different or it could be similar, but, uh, but I think, I think there, there is just, a couple really solid remakes. So even if I personally enjoy playing this game and I probably enjoy playing this game over playing some of those other games again. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that this is a new experience is what's making that enjoyment so high, right? New, relatively new. It's different. It's definitely yeah. different. From, from Actually, the you know rich- what? Thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Cause I was saying, I said kind of mid tier because like, I don't know. I had this this idea in my head of like, oh well, like if I put it at the bottom before, but I actually objectively think it has a lot of merit. I should like bump it up some slots, but I don't know mm-hmm. what I would bump it up above. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's gonna be. I I think I think even if I personally like this game so much, or, or like playing the game so much, more specifically, right? I think it's very hard when you compare it to some how solid some of these other remakes are. Uh, yeah, to put it up there. Mm-hmm. The, the remakes all have like a really solid track record so my my curious thing and this is another thing that i'm going to think about right is does the games that don't have remakes so what are they left uh black and everything black and white up there black and white up four. xy sword and shield and sun and, uh, moon. Sun and moon well i guess so we're not could, gonna we're not gonna cover all- we're not gonna cover Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. <laughs> I was gonna I, say, I think, should, we, know, should might, we cover it? I think we already kind of did. My my point is, see, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which I'll use those. I think are definitely going to contend somewhere in this, right? Um, but I don't know, you know if we can count them. They're just remakes of the games that came out like a year beforehand. Well, so when we make our lists, I think I'm just going to say the top five and bottom five. <laughs> uh, so so that way there you can put whatever you want. But like a thing in my mind when we're, as we're going through these remakes, right, is do all the remakes just objectively beat everything that was before them, right? And I guess my point is that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon or just Sun and Moon or whatever can contend with some of these games 
because of the fact that I feel it's it's just such an interesting game in and of itself, right? So it has some merits. I don't know if I'd actually put it out above, but I can at least see it kind of fighting, right? Uh, for fair. those spots. Uh, as opposed to... Because weren't we surprised when we put Ultra Sun... Or sorry, Sun and Moon so high on the previous list? Yeah. I think we put it way higher than we, we thought we would. Um, but uh, but yeah, going back, it's, it's the fact that like I'm going to have a tough time putting X and Y up against the remakes, right? Or... Or uh, black and white one. Yeah, and black or black two, and white right? two. Like that's gonna be very difficult. Even Sword and Shield is gonna have a tough time. So even um, Sword and Shield. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing because I think the expansions have merit, but the expansions that's only fair. have merit if you didn't play the rest of the game. Like if the game started with the expansions, <laughs> I think it'd be a significantly better game. Um, almost like the oh, that is would be better. That, well, that really you know what the expansions right there. Uh, but. Yeah, if only I could say Sword and Shield expansions are the best. No, um, because whether you like it or not, Sword and Shield expansions are still like post-game, right? Yeah. Um, which it's weird because there's other games where I'm in post-game and I'm just trying to keep the thrill alive of the game that I just played, <laughs> i.e. Breath of the Wild. Um, but with with Pokemon Sword and Shield, it's like, it's like oh, I'm glad I'm done the main Finally. game. Finally. So Finally, I just yeah, go I'm around. at the good part. <laughs> Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, right. We're gonna end it off here. Um, we'll see you all in a month. Thank you for being on, Matt. I think this was great. Um, I think it was super interesting because I think we actually got into some good discussions. A uh, little less formulaic than last episode, so you get a bit of both, you know, from us from content wise. Uh, yep. This time around. Uh, yeah. Any any final things you want to tell our listeners before we head off? Uh, please, please don't attack me for saying that Breath of the Wild is not a good Zelda game. I'm just. Well, I think they knew what you meant. It's not a. <laughs> Once again, it's not a good Plato World of Forms version of a Zelda game. Yeah, uh, I, it's a great game. It's a it's an amazing game. With Actually, the word Zelda I might say uh, to me, it might be my favorite game I've ever the single ever, favorite single player game I've ever played. That is entirely uh, fair. That uh, is it's that it's is one the, person's opinion. <laughs> it's one of the best games ever made with Zelda written on the box. <laughs> that happened to be written on the box. There you go. <laughs> All right, and with that, we'll see you uh, in a month's time or thereabouts sometime in August. Bye. See you.